So we're going to learn another piece from the Sefer Vigadita by Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky. It's a uh, piece that I had heard about from before, but uh, it's nice to see it in here in writing. Um, and the reason why we're going to be learning it is we're almost at Rosh Hashanah in uh, less than a week. Uh, we're going to uh, be standing in shul and davening for our lives. And we're going to have very important Kriya Satyras. Uh, Kriya Satyra is always very uh, dramatic on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. The trop is very unique and it, it, it lends a lot to the Ruach Hayyim. So on one of the days of Rosh Hashanah, we're going to be leaning about Avram Avinu and Hagar. The story with Avram Avinu and Hagar, we know Avram Avinu had two sons. He had Yishmael and he had... Um, Yitzchak and Sari Menu felt that it was no good to have Yishmael in the vicinity of, of Yitzchak. She felt that he was a very bad influence. He, she saw the type of uh, person that he was and she felt that she had to at all costs get rid of uh, Yishmael. Uh, it wasn't easy for Avram Avinu to do this, of course. It was his son. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, Kol Asher, Whatever Sarah tells you, you have to listen. Rashi says that she had a greater, a higher level of Ruach HaKadosh than Avram Avinu, which is a very you know, hard thing to understand how, uh, how Avram Avinu we think of as being you know, the, you know, the greatest of, uh, of all of Kal Yisrael. And here his wife, Sarah Menu had was superior to him in Ruach HaKadosh, and she told him that we have to banish Yitzchak from the house, and together, Hagar and Yishmael together uh, were basically evicted. Um, the Pasuk says, Vatelach Vatesa, that she went and she was lost. She, got, she went into the desert, into the wilderness, and then she got lost. And Rashi says there, that she went back to the idol worship of her father. Remember, she was a princess. She was the daughter of, of, uh, of Parai. And, um, and after this whole mice, when she was kicked out of Avinu's house, she went back to her, her father's Avedazara, which is a Pella because she was living in Avinu's house all these years. And she saw Malachim there and uh, she saw all of the great Midas of Ramavino, and yet, as soon as she was evicted, all of a sudden she goes and she uh, and she is tie- she she goes and and becomes part of uh, she reverts back to Guli Beislavia to the Avedizara of uh, of her father. So there was a uh, and the question is, how did Rashi know this? Rashi says that she went back to Avedizara, and it's darshning on the Pasuk. Whenever Rashi brings a Dibra Maskal and then says something from Chazal, we know that it's somewhere rooted in that, in the Dibra Maskal, that's where Chazal knew it from. So how did Chazal know from the words Vatelech Vatesa, that she went in the desert and she was lost? How did Chazal know that she went back to her father's house? And this is a question that plagues a lot of the Mepharshim. Um, until a huge Talmud Chacham by the name of Mardachai Pagramansky uh, came onto the scene and he explains it in a very beautiful manner. 
Anyone ever hear of Ramadachai Pagramansky? His name was Ramatul Pagramansky, I know. Except for Mayer. No, I thought I saw him. Oh. Okay, so Ramatul Pagramansky was from the Tel's Yeshiva. He was a, a trim, before the war, he was uh, um, a guy, a, a genius of geniuses. They say stories about him um, that he was such a genius that he, um, he once was sent from Holland like a, a wedge of cheese. And it was funny, you know, you know the, these, uh, the Green Bay Packers, the, the fans wear this wedge of cheese on their head. So I always speak about it, but I never actually saw it. You know, I use, I use it in a lot of schmoozing about sports and whatever. About Anyway, so I was on a plane last week, I guess, to Chicago, on the way back from Chicago for Chasna. And, um, and sure enough, there, was, there, there must have been a game in Chicago against the Green Bay Packers last Sunday. And this couple was there, and Hitaka had one of these, he was wearing the Green Bay uh, uniform, and he had a wedge of cheese like that he was using. like It's like a multi-purpose, like a foam thing. He uses it, you know, he puts it on his head by games, he uses it as a pillow on the plane. It's like a, it's like a call bite. It's like you're able to do anything that you want with it, but it was really grimy and dirty. I said, wow, you must get a lot of use out of that. He says, yeah, I actually do. He's a very nice guy. But um, anyway, he got a wedge of cheese sent him in the mail, Ramato Pagramansky, and it was wrapped in a newspaper, a Dutch newspaper. And so normally, okay, very interesting, throw it in the garbage. Ramatul actually read the newspaper. He, ne- he didn't know Dutch, but he taught himself Dutch based on reading one page of a newspaper. That's pretty good. Um, you know, talk about Rosetta Stone. Like, this is a real, uh, you know, real quick uh, way of, of learning languages. That's, that's the level of genius that he was. Ramatul Gifter considered him a, a Rebbe of his, and... Um, they just recently put out a biography uh, of his life within the last few years, and I think it's, it's definitely in Hebrew. It may have been translated into English, and it has, uh, he had a tremendous, uh, tremendously fascinating life. He survived the war. After the war, I believe he was Roshiva in France in a city called Marseille, Marseille if I'm pr- pronouncing it right. And, um, he was sick. He was sick. He didn't, he didn't live too much after the war, but he did survive the war, and he, uh, he had a yeshiva briefly in France. So anyway, so he, uh, he has a gorgeous pshat, Mardichai Pagramansi, in explaining this pasuk that we're going to be learning about on Rosh Hashanah morning. So listen to what he says. The Erev Shabbos, we're going to, he's going to explain it, but through a Maisa Shahaya. So what happened? The Erev Shabbos, Hutzuch Lintzei Lekovna. So there was a Friday, he had to travel to the city of Kovna. Olarakeves, he got onto a train. Umula Yashav Yehudi Hadur Next to him on this train that he was traveling on was a very uh, beautiful looking Jew, like uh, I guess with a nice long white beard and a Shainayid. His Patcha Sicha, they started talking. And this guy started telling him that he was a shaykhet and a mayal. In the olden days, there used to be these people that lived in communities, and they did all of the, you know, Jews, today we have like a thousand Jews in every city, at least. But in the olden days, there was like little shtetlach, little, you know, 
towns, hamlets, <laughs> and it was very hard to have, uh, but you needed a shaykh, you needed a mail, you needed a, a cipher, and there was like one guy, not necessarily the rub, but there was one guy who did all of these things. He was, he was like a jack of all trades. He, he knew how to be a shaykh, to be a mail, and to be a malam made often, and he was like, they, they, very often you had this, uh, this, uh, this type of yid. So he was, they were schmoozing. It turned out that he was a sheikh and a mail. They're interrelated, actually, being a sheikh and a mail. Uh, there's a Gemara in Shabbos, a very fascinating Gemara in Kofnon Vav, that he's alluding to in parentheses here, that says that if, if you were born in a certain mazel, every person has their own zodiac. Now, we look at Zodiacs like it's baloney, right? You read it in the, you know, you buy a New York Post, and you see uh, your sign in the, you know, your Chves uh, Virgo or Cancer, whatever. You look and it's going to be a great day for you, whatever. It's all, all this baloney. That's all nothing. But there's actually a Chachma to Mazalis. Mazalis really, the, if you know how to tap into the Mazal that you were born into, it's very powerful stuff. That's, that would be very, you know, and we know, we know our Mazal based on your birthday. And if you know how to, how to understand each person's mazel in a real way, then it's very important. So the Gemara says that the person that's born in mazel madim, it's called. It's the mazel of Mars, the, the red planet. So that person is really naturally uh, going to have a tendency to be like a murderer, because the red planet is blood, and that means that you have a, the capacity to kill. Um, so what should you do? How do you, what, what do I do about that? So the Gemara says, no problem. Either you should be a shaykhet, or you should be a mayal. Because both of those professions are professions that you're involved with blood, you're cutting, you could be a surgeon, and, uh, and, but that way you're able to utilize your mazel, but in a positive way. You're able to channel your, your bloodthirstiness, if you will, but to do mitzvahs and to do good stuff with it. it. It's a very important Gemara because it basically teaches us a lot about what we should be doing with our life. Meaning that sometimes a person has no idea what they're good at. They have no idea what they want to be in life. Um... Everybody has those moments that they have to decide. Some guys know from a very early age what they want to be because very often, if they're, you know, if you go through my class yearbook, my elementary school yearbook, um, so a lot of kids, you see, uh, they, you know, one of the things by your picture is what your plans for the future are. So the people whose fathers were doctors, they wanted to be doctors. People whose fathers were lawyers, they wanted to be lawyers. People whose fathers were the rabbis, they wanted to do anything but be a rabbi. Mm-hmm. But, um, but my father was, uh, was a businessman, and, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, Baruch Hashem, he did well, but it wasn't necessarily something that, you know, that I was chalishing to do. So I wrote, I wanted to be a, an NFL quarterback. It never happened, I don't know if you know that, but... Um, but that was, uh, that was, I didn't know what to do. I said, you know, but we all have that. Unless you're that guy that knows exactly what he wants from an early age and you knew you wanted to be a, a dentist or an architect or a journalist, whatever it is, that's great. But most people, I think, are, they're not sure what they want to be. And 
what you have to do in that case, and we've given Vadin about this very often about the Chavis Havavis, which gives us really the best career <coughs> guidance advice that a person could have um, for people that are indecisive and can't declare their major and have no clue what they want to do. So he says that you basically try to see what you really are cut out for, let's say physically, intellectually, because even though it won't tell you necessarily what exactly you should be, but by process of elimination, it'll tell you a lot of things you can cross off the list. So he says, like, you know, if you're, if you're physically strong, but you're not too smart, so then you could be a, you know, you could be a, a schlepper, you could be somebody that, uh, uh, you know, a woodchopper, or whatever the professions back in those days were. If you're very smart, but you're not very strong, so you could be uh, an accountant or a, you know, a lawyer maybe, something that, you know, like the average Jewish type of profession. Um, but you know what you don't, it's very important to know what to cross off the list. Like if somebody comes to me and says, Rabbi, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I want to do. I said, okay, do you like math? I hate math. Okay, so we can cross off uh, actuary. We can cross off being a math major. You can cross off being an uh, accountant probably. You know, what do you like doing? Well, I like talking to people. Okay, so, you know, you could be a mashkiach, you could be a, but wait until I retire, you could be a, you could be a, um, a uh, psychologist, you could be a psychiatrist, you could be a, you know, somebody that's in sales or something like that. But you can, you know, you could sort of, if you speak to a person or a person speaks to themselves, you could sort of hone in on what you want to be. And we learn that from this Gemara because sometimes a person knows let's say, what their, what their natural tendencies are. And sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes a person should be an axe murderer, but if you could harness that, that interest into something positive, that's amazing. And, um, and that's something that you know, is, is a different topic, but I just thought I'd bring it up. So what happened? So this person, Sir Mato Pagamansky, was on a train to Kovna, on this train, he bumps into a, a yid who is a sheikhid and a mayo. Now, what happens is that he was, they were both trying to head to Kavna, but you were supposed, in order to get there, it wasn't like an express train to Kavna. You were supposed to get off at the Minsk train station and then take the train from Minsk to Kavna. But they were so enamored by each other's company they were schmoozing and they fell asleep a little bit and then when they woke up they said whoa they passed by Minsk the Rakevis just kept on charging forward and they uh, were you know, basically on this train ride that was out of control they were on like a run on a runaway train, and they missed their they missed their train, and it was uh, it was a big mess. What what the local communist Russia? Okay, it was in it was in communist Russia. Okay. So uh, okay. All right, but you're giving it away, Mayor. Okay, Mirhaben zich farblunjet. Farblunjet is a word that you don't have to speak Yiddish to to know. It's like your maybe your mother, your grandmother says it. You know, we got all farblunjet. What's farblunjet? Farblunjet is I'm lost, right? Now we're all lost. 
This was a sheichet speaking to her Mata Bagamant. He says, man, look, we were, we were shmuzen, we fell asleep. Now what are we going to do? He's getting all into like a panic attack where I was supposed to be in Kavna. Now I, you know, get off at Minsk. I missed the Minsk train station. Now we're in, in Yehupitz. And I, I don't know where we're going, where we're coming from. And we're lost. We're, we're in big trouble. Yehudi enay tayeb, Haisek of Mordechai. So Ramat Bagamansky didn't get shaken. He wasn't, he didn't start getting to this panic mode. He says, no, a yid is never lost. You think that we're fablanjid, you think that we're lost, but we're really not lost. A yid is never, ever, ever lost. Ma? What are you talking about? We are lost. It's official. We're lost. He says, no. Yehudi enataya. A Jew is never lost. And you know how he proved this vart? He proved it from the Pasuk that we started out with this evening. What does the Pasuk say by Hagar? She went and she got lost. She was fablonjid. And what does Rashi on the spot say? What, is, what do we darshan from those words? She went and she went back to her father's house, meaning she became a Gaia again. She became an Avedis Avedizara. How is this Marum as we asked in these words? Dr. Matapagmansky with his brilliance, that you know how Chazal knew from these words that she was no longer Jewish, that she reverted back to her old ways, that she was an Avedis Avedis Kechavim again? Because if the Pasuk says, Vatelech Vatesa, if the Pasuk says that she went and she got lost, a yid is never lost. If she was a full fledged card carrying Jew still, she wouldn't, the Pasuk would never have described her in a million years as being lost because a Jew is never lost. The fact that the Pasuk describes a human being as being lost means what? She's no yid anymore. She's not a Jew. She went back to her father's. Ways. A yid is never lost. Now we're going to get to um, soon to the end of the story. Hamedrish Mesaper, Shesvina Uva Yehudi Echadigil and Amalzar. There was a boat, and there was a yid in that boat, in the, in the, amongst the passengers on the boat, and he arrived at a very strange port, like a foreign port. Go out, take some money, and you're going to go out and you're going to get us food. So he said to them, I don't know where to go. You know, they didn't have Uber Eats back then. They didn't have ways. They didn't have no idea how to get to the local, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. How am I supposed to know how to get to that, to a store? Like, what do you, you know, you go. Well, 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 I don't know anything just like you don't. Is there such a thing as a Yid that's ever a stranger, that's ever a foreigner? Wherever a Yid goes, there's always a God with God is always with him. Beautiful Medrash, no? Wherever a Jew goes, there's always God with him. This is a Medrash. So, so the, getting back to our story with Ramatul Pagamansk and the Sheikhik, so Ramatul, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get to the next station, whatever the next train station is, probably Pinsk, 
and Hashem, Hashem should make us be matzliach. Hashem should succeed our ways. Mashach has shaychet b'ksefav. So shaychet, like sort of like shrugged his shoulders. Ma'ilam has nothing, nothing more to say. I mean, this this rabbi is telling him that you know a Jew is never lost, giving him a whole beautiful tire on Fatesa. In the meantime, he's stuck in Yehopitz and he has no idea how to get anywhere. He doesn't know what he's doing here. Now he has to get off the train and, and go and find a train in another direction. So listen to what happened. Harakeves Atra, the train came to a screeching halt. The yard to believe Hayishiman. Kifar Nidach Hishtarea Bimerchak. There was a, vi- a village that was like an abandoned, like Iskafal in a village, some like really remote town that was in the distant path. They started heading towards that city. They didn't really uh, know where they were going, but they were just heading in that direction. Because remember, this story took place on Erev Shabbos. So this wasn't a regular Tuesday. This was Erev Shabbos. They didn't have the luxury of getting back on a train and going in the other direction because now they were stuck there for Shabbos. Pogshu Gai, they bumped into a guy, Vishalam, Miskaira, Kanyud, is there any Jew in this whole city? Hifnaisam Ladiksach, as they he pointed them in the direction of a little hut, Nakshubadelas, they knocked on the door, Uveza Simcha Kidem Balabayas Pneum. And the Balabayas was like full of joy. The house owner was like so overjoyed by their by his newfound company. Imruli and he said something like this, tell me, Ulai Echad Mikem Mayel, is it possible that maybe one of you two fine-looking Jews is a Mayel? Cain, Ani, Madu, so the Mayel says, yeah, I'm a Mayel, why do you ask? Chibok Az, Vamarech, Amar, Hayyim Malo Lubni Shmaniyam, today was my son, my newborn son's eighth day. We know on the eighth day you need a bris. His manti mile may hair I I ordered I tried to arrange a mile to come from the big city, but he never came. Ainya de I have no idea what happened to him. He palti trina lufnakadishbarh, I davened that who shayamti li mile, he should find me a mile. I just davened that he's a simple Jew we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, the uh, the Ribnitzer, we're talking about a simple Jew. That I daven that I should find a mile. Gam Egel Kanisa even bought a calf with Sudas Mitzvah to make a nice, uh, a nice steak for, for the Sudas Mitzvah. Ulaik Vaida Gam Sheikh Mikra, I bought a live animal. I haven't need a Sheikh, I'll worry about this. He says, No, 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 you don't understand. I'm a Sheikh and a mile. Pimikra Gam Sheikh Vigam, it just happens to be, by chance, quote unquote, the I'm a Sheikh and a mile. Chaval, Rakshenkan Ezerav Gadoshi Asande. Boy, you know, you know what would really make this picture perfect? If I get a big rabbi to be the Sandik, that would really complete the picture. Hevesimi Gamrav Gadol, Amra Sheikh. The Sheikh said, you know what? Happened to have one of the greatest rabbis in, in, in the entire world with me. We bring it all, we, we aim to please. No. Mardechai turns to the Sheikhet, the Mayel, and he says, No, you tell me, is a Jew ever really lost? Oh, so, so. today, did he have a Abdullah Hayom? 
I jumped a bus and I got I got my wallet with my retro card. So a really really nice lady, like Louis, wipes her card for me. I begged her to uh, give her to give me her number so that I could my mother could pay for it. Nothing doing. I asked my place of evaluation uh, what to do. They say, we'll give you seven dollars for the ride. But it's don't be Calvin. And more than enough for a makeup card for the bus. And plus, I would have had to really sell makeup card for the PlayStation. So I said, why go to the. Why not? Why am I stepping through you on UM Week through the day? Uh, parking that Amish? Where I could take a train. And I know the e-trains that's around here. So that one in part of one two guns. But uh, in the meantime, one of my mother's friends came comes on the train. Gave up that bar tells that she could take me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Alright, I guess the bot is now over. <laughs> Mayor took my whole no, that was amazing. That's that was really uh, what I wanted to say. Not that exact story, but um, <laughs> But that's uh, that. That's definitely uh, very relevant. But that's that. That's how it is with our life, and I guess that's why um, it's a great thing to lean on Rosh Hashanah, because on Rosh Hashanah, a lot of us feel like uh, like we're lost. Maybe we uh, you know, we lost some direction in our life. Uh, we used to have clarity in what we wanted to do, where we were heading, and you know now we're sort of sometimes. Uh, not so clear in Rosh Hashanah, we have a lot of time to think, and thinking is sometimes good, sometimes it's not so good, but um, but the Pasuk reminds us on Rosh Hashanah, and that's why we lean it, that Vatela Vatesa, that a Jew is not a guy, a Jew is somebody that, they're, like the Medrash said so beautifully, that HaKadosh is always with us, and Whatever we're doing in life at any juncture, sometimes we feel Hashem with us. Sometimes we see that you know, everything is going well and uh, everything I touch turns to gold sometimes. But very often you don't have that. Very often you feel like you're lost, you're floundering, you're not, you don't have clarity in, in, in what you're doing and things that you're trying to do don't always succeed and you feel like you're just bumping into that wall every single time. And it seems that way. It does seem that way, but part of our belief system as Yidin is that there's always a reason for everything that happens, and we don't always know what it is. Sometimes we have the luxury, the, the sometimes we have the, the 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 blessing and the gift of being able to see the to see the silver lining in the cloud, like Mayor did uh, right away. Sometimes, but let's say Mayor, let's say Mayor had not. Had that lady on the, there would have still been a reason that that he, uh, you know, that that happened to him. Sometimes we, I asked my mother if I could do it again tomorrow. She said no. But tomorrow I also have to go through the same. The next day, So whatever, whatever we, uh, you know, whatever we, whatever we think in life is a setback, is very often a gift, and Hakadosh Baruch is just just helping us, but in a very roundabout way. 
Um, you know, we could talk the whole night about different stories on, on every single uh, level. I, you know, I think it's most acutely felt um, in Lander, I guess, when guys date. And uh, dating is always something that's, uh, you know, some guys, they start dating and they get married right away, first girl, and things are easy. And sometimes it takes a very long time or sometimes it takes a, a long time. And um, and sometimes a person's going out with a girl, and they thought that this was it, and they already had their you know their suit ready. You know they were picking out what kind of tie they were going to wear for the for the vart, for the chasna, for the you know where they're going to live. Everything was good, and then all of a sudden, like a bomb drops, and and for some reason the girl says she doesn't want to marry him, and the guy feels like crushed, and he's like, can't go on. This is crazy. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to be able to get through this. And, you know, and they come to me and I, I say, listen, I know that I'm oversimplifying right now. And I know that maybe you, you want to, you need time to mourn, but I will tell you this. I promise you that whenever the time comes that you find the girl that you marry, you're going to look back and say, thank God that it didn't work out. And it happens every single time, every time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes, in what seems to be like the biggest patch of our life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really just sending us help. He's just sending us shmira. He's like, he didn't want us to marry this girl. He didn't want us to get that particular job for whatever reason. He didn't want us to get into that graduate school. He didn't want us to get uh, that summer internship. He didn't, why... There's a reason. A yid is never lost. Nothing happens by random. If we would just believe in randomness, our life would be pure misery because everything would be, am I a winner today? Am I a loser today? You look in the mirror, I didn't get the job, I didn't get the girl, I didn't get this, I'm just a big loser. That's how it would be if we were, if we were you know, people that didn't have the Rabbi Shalom with us or we didn't believe in the Rabbi Shalom, we didn't invite the Rabbi Shalom into our lives. People that have a moon and bitachon, they're always happy. Because there is no disappointment. If things are good, that's a big simcha. If things are bad, that's even a bigger simcha. Because it means I must have dodged a very big bullet. And it wasn't meant to be. And so there's never a bad moment in a, in a Yid's life, if you believe this. Vatelech vatesa, only if she was chayzeres leves aviyah, if she returned to avedazar, then it's possible to be lost. She's lost. She's a lost person. But a yid is never lost. We think that we're we're stuck somewhere. We're on a bus. We're on a subway. We're you know we're we're you know we were supposed to go here. Our train, our, our plane. You know we missed our plane. We missed our this, and we 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 get crazy. We we think like this is we're so stupid and whatever. I remember once I was, uh, I had a ticket from Eretz Yisrael to um to America, and in the olden days they the tickets were very difficult to read. Like they were. They were on army time. It's a long story, but basically, I misread the ticket. I thought that the ticket was. I thought the plane was leaving at like one o'clock at night, and it was really one o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, basically, just strolling the streets of Jerusalem. As my plane was like taking off, I probably looked up and like waved. Thought, yeah, I didn't know it was my plane. And I get to the airport like ten o'clock that night, and like all the people there looked at me like I'm nuts. You know, like this is you know. Don't you don't know how to read a plane ticket? Like you don't know that it was one one o'clock uh, p.m. and not one o'clock a.m. You know, does anyone ever, else ever get confused between a.m. and p.m. or it's just me? Okay, so um, so anyway, there's no happy ending. I didn't have a happy ending like Mayor. I didn't meet anyone on the bus on the train on the plane that I knew that gave me a great job or whatever. But 
I had and I had to pay a lot of money for a new ticket. But if a yid believes that there is, uh, even if you have, you have, there's no great story to tell. And I thought to myself at the time, I was like, boy, you are the world's biggest loser. Like, who else does this? Who else misses their flight without, you know, you know, what, why? And the plane didn't even crash. I know everyone's waiting. Okay, what happened to the plane? Come on, give us the goods. No, it didn't crash. Nothing happened to the plane. It landed safely. But, but there was a reason, and I, I'll never know probably the reason, but there was a reason that I was not on that plane. And, and we have to, you know, obviously we have to do our shtadas to not be, you know, reckless and not stupid. We have to, you know, we have to... Uh, my ID is on my wallet, so that way my ID might not pass. Okay, great. But, uh, but that is something that uh, a Yid believes in. A Yid believes that he's never lost. Rosh Hashanah is a time that we're supposed to feel very close to the Rabbi Nishalem. And like we spoke about last week, but was it in this Vat or Wednesday? I always confuse them. Do we speak about last week about how, I think it was Rapinkas, so I did that again. Um, but in Rapinkas' Vat, we're speaking about how Kedush Baruch Hu judges everybody as Yechidim on Rosh Hashanah. And Pashas, I mean, that's scary. Because it sounds like we're all going to be interrogated. We're going one by one. But the way Rapinka spins it in, in such a beautiful way is that it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying to each and every one of us, you're my Ben Yachid. I'm not considering you a number. You're not like one of massive amounts of people that get judged at once. Every single Yid is their own entity. We're like a Ben Yachid. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us tremendously. And Rosh Hashanah is a time that he actually takes us into his private chamber and gives us a hug and tells us that he's proud of us. And with that hug, we're also able to realize that a Yid is never lost. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always with us, not just on days that we feel the intensity of his presence, but even on days that we don't. And that's the beauty of being a Yid. A Yid, that's a Maimon. There is no happier person in the world because whether you have money or you don't, whether you're lucky or you're not, whether you have you know, connections, or you always understand intuitively that the Rabbani Shalom is with me and everything that happens in my life is for a positive. There's always a great reason for everything happening and, and there's no bad news. Everything that happens, always, it's always two thumbs up. It's always great because if HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused this to happen, clearly there was a design to it and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me and he's protecting me from things that perhaps I wasn't supposed to go through. Okay.